Welcome to this recording provided by the Laurel Heights Church of Christ on our website. Back in January, I took us to the book of Philippians in the New Testament, and we directed our attention to goals, goals for this church, this local church, and that means for every individual that's a part of this local church. And that's how we started 2021, goals, and we took them from the book of Philippians. I want to review those just briefly before I introduce the topic for today. Goals for 2021 from Philippians. Love that abounds more and more with all knowledge and discernment. Do all things without grumbling or disputing forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Notice the words which form our goals are taken directly from Paul's epistle to the Philippians, and we promise that sermons this year would seek to stress and apply the teaching of this part of the New Testament. We need love that abounds more and more. We really need to do all things without grumbling or disputing, forgetting what lies behind, stretching forward to what's ahead. And Paul said, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. The letter Paul wrote to the church at Philippi is such a good place to lock ourselves into some simple spiritual goals for this year and thereafter. From this letter, I want to talk to you in this recording that I'm going to call the joy of confidence. The joy of confidence. I want you to listen for it as I read in Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 11. If you don't have your Bible already, this might be a good place to pause the recording and pick up your Bible and open to Philippians chapter 3, and then continue. I'm going to read verses 1 through 11. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me, and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs. Look out for the evil workers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal persecuting the church, as to righteousness under the law blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, 
but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. My first observation about what we've read, Paul speaks very personally here, using his own past, his conversion, to illustrate something. It is obvious Paul isn't saying, here is my past, imitate it, do what I did. No, he isn't boasting. He isn't recommending his previous life. He isn't entertaining his readers. He describes his religious past before he was a Christian, his history as a Pharisee, not to recommend that way of life, but to show that the boastful, false confidence he used to have, he gave up in order to have the greater joyful confidence of knowing Christ Jesus as his Lord. I want to say that again about this passage, and then I'll develop it toward applications and goals for us. Paul describes his religious past before he became a Christian, his history as a Pharisee, not to recommend that way of life, but to show that the boastful, false confidence he used to have, he gave up in order to have the greater joyful confidence of knowing Christ Jesus as his Lord. The goal for us is to know Christ Jesus as Lord as described in this passage, which produces the joyful confidence that has such immense personal comfort for us. I don't want my religious life to be all about what I've done, how I'm viewed by others, or the standing that I have in a group. I want to know what Paul describes. I want what Paul describes in this phrase, the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. The product of that way of life is joyful confidence. I hope you have your Bible open to Philippians 3. I'll take us through this, not in exhaustive detailed exposition, but to get our minds renewed with this joyful confidence Christians can have. As the chapter opens, the first note is joy. Rejoice in the Lord. And as you continue after that call to rejoice, the subject of confidence emerges. Obviously, the two are connected, joy and confidence. Now, prominent in Paul's time, there was a powerful group of men called Pharisees, a Jewish sect. Paul had been highly esteemed among them before he obeyed the gospel. He had their attention. They recognized him. They were proud of him. The Pharisees had built a religious empire that was their institution, not God's. Oh, sure, they reached into Old Testament law and took various ordinances and crafted those into their empire like circumcision, but their power, their religious empire, was really something they built, and the power structure served their purposes. 
Their zeal was self-serving. Their worship was pretentious, and their treatment of people was prejudiced. When Christ came, the majority of the Pharisees and their leadership saw Jesus as a threat to their empire. They were not spiritually healthy followers of God, so when God came in the flesh, their passion was to oppose him. Shallow in their faith, excited about the empire they built, and anxious to maintain their power, their status quo, they were not friends of Jesus Christ. Now, listen to how Paul relates his regrettable part in this group, his regrettable history as a Pharisee. In verses 4 through 6, he said, If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more, circumcised on the eighth day, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. You know, this is Paul's religious resume. He believed at that time that he had access to God other people didn't have because of his performance as a militant Pharisee. His pedigree, his association, his militant zeal. This brought him great favor among the Pharisees. And this was what he called his confidence in the flesh. At that time in his life, Paul, Saul of Tarsus, was proud of his accomplishments, protective of his status, and he says, if anyone had confidence in their standing with God, I had more. But he calls this confidence in the flesh. He repudiated his confidence in the flesh, his prior religious activity, when he obeyed the gospel, when he obeyed Jesus Christ. Let's stop there a few minutes and talk about his confidence in the flesh that he had in this previous life before he became a Christian. There are people today like Paul in regard to this confidence in the flesh. Let me try to give you an example. Someone might boast, I'm a third-generation Christian. I was raised in a strict home where religion was central I have studied, I have been taught the Bible, I have defended my religion, I have received awards, I've perfectly kept that list of do's and don'ts. I'm good at what I do. Don't question my faith and don't mess with me. You don't have to go very far in life to hear that kind of boasting. I've never forgotten this quote. Very well sourced, you can look it up. I'll give you the uh, source and reference if you'll email me if you need it. Michael Bloomberg once said this, I am telling you if there is a God, when I get to heaven, I'm not stopping to be interviewed. I'm heading straight in. I have earned my place in heaven. It's not even close. Wow. We need to be cautious and take heed to ourselves about how we view ourselves how we think of our relationship with God. This boasting of self-accomplishment, this 
reliance on performance that exceeds others, this Bloomberg bragging that dismisses the need, doesn't even mention redemption in Christ. Paul says this is confidence in the flesh. And he had that as a Pharisee. He gave it up. Listen to him tell his story. I'm continuing now at verse 7, but whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Confidence in the flesh. Paul discovered to be shallow. It didn't produce the higher and deeper joy of authentic and active faith in Christ. Once Paul gave up that old self-righteousness, he wanted to know Christ, his resurrection, sufferings, and death. He wanted to be like Christ. He wanted to attain the resurrection from the dead as one who was enabled and equipped by Christ to enter into and cultivate a real relationship with God that would continue on after the apostle died. May it be said of each of us, in the words of Philippians 3, verse 3, that we worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh. Let me take a few more minutes to be as clear as I'm able to be about this passage and what we need to get from it. As Christians, we do certain things God expects us to do from the initial steps of faith, repentance, and baptism throughout our lives of obedience to God. We must keep that up. May we never diminish our commitment to full obedience to God. But we need to understand it in good perspective. All of that obedience to God from baptism to your last breath isn't sufficient to save us without God's grace on the cross. Our obedience only has value because of Christ and our abiding in him. Therefore, boasting of our performance isn't justified. And this is exactly the point made in two prominent New Testament passages, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, and Titus 3, 4 and 5. First, Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God not a result of works so that no one may boast. Now, this doesn't rule out works of obedience. No, this puts works of obedience to God based on faith in Christ in true perspective, so that no one may boast. 
Likewise, in Titus 3, verses 4 and 5, But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, He saved us not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit. Paul isn't arguing against works of obedience. A few verses later, he says we should be devoted to good works. This, in Titus 3, puts works in true perspective. So, as Christians, we do certain things God expects us to do from the initial steps of faith, repentance, and baptism throughout our lives of obedience to God. But all of that obedience to God from baptism to your last breath isn't sufficient to save you and only has value because of Christ's atoning death and your response to that event. Our obedience to Christ is necessary. Don't misunderstand me. But the eternal value of our obedience rests on the grace of God as manifested on the cross and by Jesus' advocacy for us in heaven. I want you to listen again, please. Philippians 3, 1 through 11. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs Look out for the evil workers. Look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus and put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. You want a goal for your life? Not just this year or next year, a goal for your life. Look at this in Philippians 3, to know Jesus Christ, to become more and more like him, to decide on that goal, you'll have to have it in your mind consistently. You'll have to know what the Bible says about Christ, study his teaching, learn of his love and God's grace, and make his teaching and his authority and God's grace 
what your life is all about. So that when that great resurrection of the dead takes place, you will not say, look at what I did. There will not be any confidence in the flesh. Your confidence will be in him who died for you and made it possible for you to be forgiven and to be his obedient disciple. Galatians 6.14 will be your confession, but far be it from me to boast, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Here in Philippians chapter 3, Paul called upon those Christians to rejoice not based on boastful confidence in the flesh, but confidence that comes from knowing Jesus Christ through faith in Christ that leads to daily discipleship and will never justify boasting except in the cross. Well, I hope this has helped you. It has helped me, and I would highly recommend that after listening to this, Try to make it today. Read again this passage in Philippians 3, 1 through 11. Thank you for listening.